Hello everyone, I'm Frank Rock and welcome to From the Hacks Waking Up with a Briar. On today's episode, my guests are BJ Newfeld of Team Cooey, whose team remains undefeated heading into Wednesday's action at the 2021 Briar, and Glenn Howard, who's been along for the ride as alternating coach of his own team, watching as his old buddy Wayne Mada has become the talk of the 2021 Briar. My first guest today is Glenn Howard. Uh, Glenn and I spoke about it an hour after Wayne Madaw made a double takeout in the 10th end of their Tuesday morning game against wildcard team McCune to win the game for Team Howard and move the team to 3-1. and one. Glenn and I spoke about the team's performance this week, Wayne Madaw's unbelievable comeback after five years away from competition, and what it will take for the team to maintain their current form and qualify for the championship pool. Glenn, you and I are speaking about an hour after you watched your old teammate and buddy uh, Wayne Madal win a game against Team McEwen with a double takeout for two in the tenth end of the morning draw. Take me through that shot and how exciting it was to see Wayne make it. Yeah, I, I jumped up and down, and I, I don't know. I don't know what you're supposed to do as a coach. I don't know what the actual protocol is, but I jumped up and down and I put a fist pump, and it was so exciting. It's just I, I felt so great for him and. I, I know him well enough that you know he would he felt bad that he missed he missed a tough one in the eighth end and the momentum swung uh, obviously over to uh, Team McEwen versus ours and he just he just, just persevered he hung in there and uh, he made he made this unreal shot in the tenth end uh, and I was just so happy for him just you know because he I think he was feeling bad that it kind of the momentum swing but it happens and he uh, he hung in there the guys hung in there and uh, to see Wainer make that shot with the big celly uh, celebration with the boys was just incredible. Glenn, right before we started recording, we were talking about how the roof would have come off the joint had uh, Wayne made that shot in front of a typical Briar crowd. Tell me what it's been like in the building this week, Glenn. At least for us watching on TV, the lack of crowd takes away from great moments like Wayne's shot to end your morning game on Tuesday or Greg Smith's uh, around the horn shot the other night. It lost a ton of, uh, of uh, enthusiasm. Like That's the unfortunate part. There's literally there's, there's no applause. There's no... You know, just some other curlers are sort of applauding. That's about it. And it, it's, you know, we, I got goosebumps when I saw the shot. But you put 6,000, 7,000 people screaming, uh, you know, that would have been just put it over the top. And that is unfortunate uh, that we don't have that, that um, sort of experience at, at this prior. But on the same token, you got to go back to the fact we're living in a pandemic. We're still able to curl. We're still able to go out and make some shots and, and then put on a show for the fans, and uh, that's still really cool. So we got still have to put that in perspective, and obviously too bad that we don't have that, but uh, you deal with it, right? Glenn, I often hear teams after a rough week tell me that it felt like they were always on the wrong side of the inch, and to win events like the Briar, you need to get some breaks, and the inch has to be on your side sometimes. Wayne's winning shot on Tuesday came after Mike McEwen just missed a shot that would have made it much harder for Wayne on his last. Is it a good sign for you and your team when you start falling on the right side of the inch and getting some breaks at key moments in a week like this? Uh, 100%, Frank. Uh, you know, if, if Mike McEwen, if Mike McEwen didn't throw, um, it didn't throw his rock, uh, Wayne would have had a tougher shot for two than he did. Um, it, it un- he had super unlucky to paper tick and roll right into a little pocket where Wayne could then make this around the horn, uh, high weight peeled uh, takeover. When it, when it landed, I went, oh boy, I see a shot here that I think we can win this game. And you got to feel for Mike and, and the boys because they, you know, they got really unlucky to be able to do that. So to your point, yeah. 
we were on the right side of the inch there. It, it was a big break to put it where it did. Wayne had to still execute and make a great shot, but it was there all of a sudden. He, Other than that, if Mike makes his shot, we would have had a really tough one for one, and that might have been something for two, but I doubt it. Uh, so, yeah, you you, you got you to gotta run with those. You're, you're going to get breaks here and there. You're going to lose some, you win some. But when you get them, you, you, you take it, and then you, you go to the next game, and hopefully they keep coming your way. And uh, uh, it's funny because I was talking to, to Mike's guys, and they were saying that everybody who's been making doubles, runbacks and doubles against them all week, and it's like they're on the wrong – they even made that comment. Well, they're on the wrong side of the inch the whole week, and sometimes that happens. They'll get their breaks along the way, but hopefully, um, you know, hopefully they continue for us as well. I mean, your team still has some heavy lifting to do with the teams we'll be facing in the second half of your round-robin schedule, Glenn. But after a big win like the one over Team McCune on Tuesday morning, how's the team feeling and uh, what's the outlook going forward? Well, great, actually, Frank. I, I think that was, this was just a massive win uh, in, in my mind. And, you know, as a coach, as a player, uh, I felt we controlled the game. Uh, we got, unfortunately, we get the momentum switched back and then to, to pull it back off. It just showed a lot of character for the guys. They didn't give up because, you know, winner missed a tough one and he was upset. And, and the guys, you know, they, they just said, you know, we'll make our shots in the last two ends and, and good things happen. Fortunately, it did. So we're going to run with this and we've got to keep winning a bunch of games. The field is so tough. But uh, you got it's what you got to do. You just got to go out there and, and, and make shots. But we're we're really really learning a lot about the ice and the rocks. Uh, every game, every every um, uh, time slotted ice has been a little bit different. Like the the morning, the afternoon, the evening. Um, so that's something we're learning. Uh, we're learning more about release. We, we, we're getting we're, we're getting little bits of information every game. And I think that's important. And we really sat down before and after the games and talked about a lot of things to make sure we don't miss anything. Uh, and, and I think we've done a great job of that. And it, it's kind of uh, transcended onto the ice. How much did the time you served as coach of Team Muirhead in Scotland help prepare you for the role you were playing with your own team this week in Calgary as the alternate slash coach? You know what? Quite a bit, Frank. I uh, it's funny. I I learned a lot coach, coaching uh, even the girls for three years. I learned a lot about myself. I uh, learned what 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 works for coaches. What you know, obviously every every team you coach is different. Uh, this is different. I've never coached a male team, and of course, <laughs> this is my own team. So this is even even more different than that. But I, I put that hat hat on, and I, I kind of looking at the game as a coach, and and I'm I'm trying to you know. You get them be the motivator guy, you know, look across the T's, dot the I's to try not to leave anything to chance. Uh, but I would not have known all those things had I not had those three years of experience with, with even the girls, because uh, I did learn a lot as a coach uh, with them. When the team is consulting with you on strategy or on what shot to play, it must certainly help that you know Wayne so well. You know the type of shots he prefers, the type of shots he's best at throwing. So I'm sure it helps kind of lead that discussion when you're in a timeout or in between ends discussing what to do next. A hundred percent. That's that's one of them. Other than, you know, he's, he was the perfect fit. Uh, a great curler, great under pressure, gets better as the week goes on. Reasons why we bring him. But on the same token, I've won two world championships with Wayne Mada. He's one of my best friends. We curl Tuesday nights together. We've been doing that with our wives for 25 years. I know the guy inside and out, and he knows me inside and out, and it, that's why it made total sense to bring him on. It's not as – even though this is a new team for him, and we're corn, kind of learning a few things, but, you know, Scott, my son Scott played for Wayne, uh, and then it's just a matter of, you know, Dave and Tim know him. Uh, it, so it was really easy to, to bring him on, and, uh, and to your point, yeah, it's, 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 it's great. Like, we know each other so well. 
Um, I know what he's going to call. He knows what I'm going to call. He knows how, he knows what to do to make me tick and, and vice versa. And I know what to say to him if he if he has a you know gets down or whatever. And these little things are huge when it comes into the you know high pressure situation like a briar. So uh, it's working out well so far, and and I don't see it changing with the the games to come. Now, Ben, when we spoke before the Briar, I know that you were confident that Wayne could step up and play well in the Briar for your team. However, did you ever think it would be possible that he would uh, lead your team to a 3-1 record, or has that been a uh, pleasant surprise for you to start this year's Briar? I did think he was going to bring us into a 3-1. I, I, now, now, you don't know you're going to win or lose, but I knew Wayne Madaw was going to come here and play 80 to 85% minimum. I knew that. I just know, I know him too well. He can... He can take five years off from curling and put the shoes back on and go and throw an 80% game. That is way not. not so it's, I am not surprised at all. I really am not. I, uh, I, when he misses, I'm surprised. Honest to God. And I, that's the honest to God truth. I just, he, just, he just understands the game so well, and he knows what to do, and he knows how to win. Um, it doesn't surprise me. I'm not at all. I know people are because of not me. <laughs> it's, I'm really not and he's still he's still got stuff to prove like this guy he, he's he's something else and finally Glenn uh, your team is now headed into the second half of the round robin with some tough matchups uh, coming up what if anything will the team do to try and manage Wayne a little bit since he really hasn't played an event at full tilt in about five years and aside from that what will your team be focusing on in the second half of the round robin to ensure that you can position yourselves for a a spot in that championship pool and I'm not worried about Wayne and his performance for the rest, however many more games that we have at all. Um, what we're trying to do is, if you, if you look around, there's, there's been some, some really great shot making, but there's been a lot of misses uh, from other teams and ourselves. Um, I don't know whether it's an ice condition thing or we're not re- people aren't reading it, but there's some uncharacteristic misses that I'm seeing out there. So that tells me that teams aren't that aren't as sharp as they'd like to be and and we're really trying to and again pardon the cliche but cross the t's dot the i's and really focus on the ice and trying to pick on little nuances and little things here and there because i think that's the difference maker right now if you can pick up uh you know guys are missing draws to the eighth but guys are throwing them through some guys are hitting rolling out when they shouldn't and there's little things like that and uh, the veteran like Wayne and I, i've got lots of experience as well and, and my, my guys are good we're really trying to focus on those little things and that's what I think is going to bring the, the best teams to the top. Actually, Glenn, before I let you go, uh, you've mentioned a few times over the past uh, couple of conversations we've had that uh, you and Wayne have been playing uh, in a league with your wives uh, on Tuesday nights at your local club. Uh, have they not forced you to split that team up yet? That's quite the powerhouse there you've got for a Tuesday night league. True story. We play. It's actually our major league uh, up in Penetanguishene, and uh, so what we do, uh, you know, it's 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 competitive, but then it is. It's also a night out for our, our with our wives, and what we do is we rotate. Um, so my wife always plays lead, and then if I if I skip, then uh, I think Wayne's my no. It's Wayne skips. I'm his third. Sherry's second, and then we rotate. So then Sherry skip. I'm third. Wayne second. And then uh, it's something like that. We always rotate every night. doesn't matter who we're playing. We just rotate and I'll, I'll be sweeping at second, Wayne sweeping at second. And we have a lot of fun with that. Just my, my wife, uh, Judy, always stays at lead. So it's, it's a ton of fun. We don't, we don't win it every year. So it's, it's pretty good up there. In draw 10 action at the 2021 Briar, Northern Ontario defeated BC in a well-played game that came down to a measure in the 10th with Northern Ontario scoring two points for a 7-6 victory. The win moves Northern Ontario to 3-2 while BC dropped to 1-3. The win sets up a huge game this evening for Team Jacobs against Alberta's Team Botcher. 
New Brunswick continued their strong play, defeating UConn 8-3. The win moves Team Grattan of Oromocto to 4-1, while UConn is still looking for its first victory. Team Manitoba remains unbeaten at 4-0 after defeating the Northwest Territories by a score of 7-4, setting up an interesting Tuesday evening matchup against New Brunswick. And finally in draw 10, Wayne Madaw made a double takeout with his last rock in the 10th end to lead wildcard team Howard to a 6-5 come-from-behind victory over wildcard team McCune. After the game, Wayne Madaw spoke about how well the team has been playing so far in front of him this week. And third, Scott Howard spoke about how exciting it has been to play with Wayne again just a few short years after a horrible skiing accident was thought to have ended his playing career. Strong. I had no doubt in my mind. Did you not see Scott out there today? Just run back, double, double, run back, freeze. He's, you know, he actually made the shot that won us a game. It was his rock that was shot rock at the end of that 10th end there. So, you know, just one great shot after another. And, uh, you know what, I, I give a lot of credit to the guys that game. I missed a bad one in eight, and they uh, hung in there and kept pushing me along. And uh, we just kept plugging along. And it turned out, like I say, we got the win in the end. You know what, it's awesome. Um, I was fortunate, fortunate enough to play with Wayne uh, few years ago and before the accident and um, it's awesome he was uh, one of my childhood uh, legends and uh, we all the time so uh, it's awesome and to play in a briar with him skipping and throwing it as good as he is right now it's just a dream to come true so and have my dad on the team as well it's awesome so one of the best in the game right here in draw 11 action, Team Canada moved to 3-2 and two with an 8-6 to six victory over Nova Scotia. After the game, Brad Gushu spoke about how his team has experienced in dealing with a difficult start at a briar and how his team is looking ahead to finishing strong. Yeah, you know, coming in, uh, I'm sure we were one of the favorites. I think the fact that we got two losses this early has kind of put it, probably put us a little bit further back in the pack, but we've been here before. I think uh, we look back at 2017, I think we were 2-2 two and two at that point. Um, you know, we've had early losses before, but the, the good thing for us is they came against two very good teams that are probably going to be around at the end of the week. So as long as we can get through the rest of this uh, pool play and, and come in with a 6-2 and two record, I think then, you know, then we grind it out on uh, Friday and Saturday and see how things shake out. I, I think three losses at this point with the amount of upsets that have happened is, is still going to be in play. And, and uh, so we, we got a little bit of cushion, but I don't really want to use it i think we've used enough cushion uh, at this point in other draw 11 action ontario moved to four and one with a nine to four win over newfoundland and labrador while pei won their first game of the 2021 briar seven to four over nunavut and finally in draw 11 saskatchewan moved to four and one with a nine to six win over quebec after the game saskatchewan third Braden muscawi talked about how the team focused on making sure they did not overlook a tough quebec team in a game that was sandwiched between games against team gushu and team Cooey. yeah i think um anytime you come off a big big win over one of the favorites and one of the top teams in the event it's it's easy to uh, have a bit of a let up the next game. So that that was, you know, instantly as soon as we got back to the hotel last night, that's kind of where the focus turned. And uh, again this morning, because uh, Quebec's a great team and they've been playing awesome this week and they made a ton again today. So um, we definitely weren't taking them lightly. And, um, you know, we came out and, and we were sharp again. So it was good. And uh, I'm honestly not even too sure what the standings look like. I know we have one loss and a few wins and, uh, we need more wins, so that's that's really all, all I care about and all I'm focused on right now. In draw 12 action, Northern Ontario got their second big win of the day, a 7-5 victory over Alberta. Team Jacobs is now 4-2. After the game, Mark Kennedy was asked if the team was leaning on the experience gained last year when they started 1-3 at the Briar and had to grind their way all the way to the playoffs. 
Oh, absolutely. I think uh, there was a lot of events last year that were a real grind and, and needed to be really resilient and tough mentally. Um, and we learned a lot last year. And I think now with the depth of curling in Canada, I need to be prepared for that type of uh, event grinding, no matter where you play, you know, there's no such thing as easy game anymore. So just get used to the grind and trying to tough one out. And we were lucky to tough out two today. In other Draw 12 action, Team Manitoba continues their terrific start to the 2021 Briar, moving to 5-0 with an 8-4 win over New Brunswick. Meanwhile, the Northwest Territories got their first victory of the Briar, 9-4 over the Yukon. And finally, in Draw 12, Waymadaw made his second game-winning shot of the day in the 10th end of Wildcard Team Howard's game versus BC. A tap back for two points for a come-from-behind 4-3 victory. After the game, David Mathers, the second for Team Howard, spoke about having a front-row seat to Madaw's performance over the past few days. It's awesome. I grew up watching Wayne. Um, I've played second the whole life and uh, my whole life. And when I was coming up, Wayne, I, I idolized a guy that threw it hard. Something um, I pride myself on. So he was the guy I looked up to a lot um, growing up. And after this week, you know, I mean, even during this week, Scott, Tim and I are just having so much fun. And after this week, I think it will be a week that we look back on for a long, long, one of the, one of the best of our curling careers. And Scott, want to, make Wayne's job as easy as possible and um, we want to win as bad as anybody for him and then for Glenn of course. And my second guest today is BJ Newfeld of Wildcard Team Kui. The team is 5-0 and with a big day coming up on Wednesday with games against Saskatchewan and Ontario. BJ we are recording this interview on Tuesday afternoon with your team at 5-0. and uh, Safe to say that you're happy with the way things have gone so far this week right? Yeah, no, we're feeling good, obviously. Um, you know, the start that we definitely had envisioned. Um, you know, we had an early you know, big game with, with Brad there that went our way, which is good. So it puts us in a, in a really good spot going forward into the next three games that will all have the potential to be pretty tough games. So, um, yeah, we're, we're where we want to be. I think we're, we're throwing it pretty good. So we're, uh, we're feeling confident. Now, sometimes even 5-0 and o records can be a little deceiving, but from what you seem to be saying, it sounds like you feel like your team has found its groove. We're definitely close to, you know, exactly where we want to be throwing-wise. You know, so maybe some small improvements here and there on certain shots that we want to just shore up. But I think all in all, I think we're very happy with where we're at. Um, you know, coming in, you're a little unsure of, you know, how game-ready, you know, we were, we were going to be. But um, I think it's coming here fairly quickly, which is good, because um, obviously as you're, as you're watching, you know, there's some teams that are definitely fighting it a bit, so, you know, we're, we're really, really comfortable with where we're at, and uh, we feel like we're where we need to be throwing-wise, you know, communication, you know, we're picking up on the ice and the rocks, which is good, because it, it makes it a lot tougher if you're kind of questioning, you know, one of those facets of the game, so, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're feeling really good. When I spoke to some of the women halfway through the Scotties, uh, some of them were really liking the ice, while others were still struggling to deal with some of the nuances on the different sheets. How has the ice been so far this week? Has it been consistent, or is it still a work in progress? Our last couple of games, it's been pretty consistent. Um, I think it's been pretty classic prior ice the last couple of games that we've played. Maybe at the beginning, the ice was maybe a bit green still. Maybe not quite as fast, maybe a little bit more curl. Um, but Greg and John, they seem to have it now in a, in a, in a place where it's, uh, you know, super predictable. Um, you know, there's no, no worries of the ice really breaking down too much near the end. Um, you know, speed is, 
speed is, has been really, really good, you know, kind of from, from start to finish. So and that's all we can really ask for. It's nice when, you know, if you do have to throw a draw to win the game. At the end, you know, you're you're pretty comfortable with, uh, you know, either side of the sheet. So, yeah, no, the ice has been, the ice has been really, really good. And, and in particular, the last couple of draws, it's been kind of classic Briar ice. Now, I realize that all games at the Briar are important, uh, BJ, but is it safe to say that when you match up with and beat an opponent like Team Canada the way you did earlier this week, it carries a little extra weight because it allows you to measure up to another one of the favorite teams, and it gives you a leg up should you end up tied in the standings later in the week? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, they're a great team, and and you have to play great to beat them. So, yeah, it definitely gets the juices flowing whenever we play, whenever we play Brad. Um, you know he's a he's a defending champion, and you know in order to to, to win this event, you're you're most likely going to have to go through him at some point. So um, yeah, it's a great game to have early on, get the juices flowing. Uh, you know, feel those nerves and that pressure because uh, yeah, we haven't felt that you know in a full year. So it's it was good to have that early, and then also respond to it right because uh, you know I think we're probably the next three games we're going to have we're going to have similar similar games like that. You know we got. You know, we got Matt and John, you know, and then uh, and Fournier there. So we'll all be tough games. So it's good to get to come through when, when the pressure was on here early and you can kind of draw back on that for these next three games. Now, when we spoke before the Briar, you talked about how the team was training outside the bubble in Calgary before entering the bubble. How much did uh, that training camp uh, help your team, BJ? Because it certainly seems like you started the week in better form than several other teams. Yeah, I mean, I think they were super important. You know, the four days of practice before we got here was important, but I think even more so, just staying connected, you know, the couple months before we even got together to throw rocks. Um, you know, John had us, um, like our coach, John Dunn, you know, he had some, some exercises for us um, that he wanted us to go through to, to get us mentally prepared for, for this week, and I think those were um, super, super important. I think it really kind of kept our minds sharp and thinking curling and, and just and I think we were super uh, efficient with any of the time that we were able to have on the ice. You know, we knew that we weren't going to have the type of preparation on the ice that we normally would want to have leading up leading up to this event. So, you know, when we did get time on the ice, we were, uh, you know, total pros and, and making sure that we were getting something out of every practice so that you know, we were ready for, for this week. And I and I, I think it's it's set us set us up well for uh, for whatever gets thrown at us here the rest of the week. Another thing we talked about uh, prior to the Briar BJ is that your team includes four players that like to get involved in the strategy out on the ice, and that it's caused you some uh, time clock issues in the past. How has that been going so far this week? Yeah, I don't think we've maybe totally found our perfect flow there when it comes to that aspect. Um, you know, definitely something that we're we're working on. When we're trying to get that short up in a short amount of time here, but uh, I mean it, it's it's been good. It just hasn't been maybe um, you know as smooth and seamless um, as maybe we want it to be. Um, but I, we're all we've defined all our roles on the team when it comes to that that aspect, and I think we're getting there, but uh, maybe not quite right where we need to be yet. But I mean it's we're also we were also going into this knowing that, you know, we weren't going to let that really get under our skin too much, even if it isn't perfect. You know, it's, it's hard to expect it to be perfect when we've only played four events and we've never played in a in a big event like this all together as a, as a unit. So, um, 
I think we're happy with where we're at there, uh, but we do know that that we'd like to improve it a little bit here going going to the end of the end of the week. There were a lot of people, uh, BG, that were surprised to see Johnny Moe in the house holding the room for Kevin while you're still throwing third stones uh, and uh, and sweeping as the second. Uh, was that a decision made in the practice sessions prior to the Briar, or was that the plan from when uh, John joined the team? We we made that decision before uh, we even started playing in the fall. We had just thought that maybe my my assets would be better utilized sweeping, um, you know, with Ben and. And John's such a great line caller. I mean, he's, he's been one of the best line callers in the game for for quite some time. Um, and, and he obviously has a, has a great curling mind as well. So we just thought that my assets were maybe better utilized sweeping and his were, were better better utilized in the house. So, yeah, we made that decision before the year even started. Um, that's how we played our first four events. So in that regard, it's been that, – that part of it's been been pretty good. You know, I'm, I'm comfortable sweeping um, – you know, I like sweeping. So, um, you know, a new challenge for me, which is always kind of fun. Um, and that's, yeah, it was a good team decision that we thought it was going to be the best for, for our team. And finally, BJ, one of the big stories at the Briar this week has been the play of Wayne Madaw. You've played against Wayne for years. How much fun has it been seeing him come back and playing so well five years after an accident that many thought had ended his playing career? Yeah, no, it's, it's great for the game. I mean, any kind of story like that, a comeback story, you know, a fan loves that. Um, you know, the players love it too. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 great to see him come back and play well. He's obviously, you know, relishing the the opportunity, and um, you know, Briars are a pretty pretty special event, and you know, he's obviously he's, he wants to make the best of it, and he's a he's an amazing player. Um, you know, when he gets when he gets hot and confident. You know he can he can make all the shots. So um, yeah, no, it's it, it's good to see. And you know if we get a chance to play him later on in the week here, it'll most likely be a you know a great game. I mean, definitely not a not a team that you can take for granted. That's for sure. Because it looks like they're uh, from front to back. Really, it looks like they're they're playing really really well. And that does it for today's episode of Waking Up with the Briar. Join us tomorrow for more recaps insights, and interviews, including my chat with Quebec's new power couple of curling, Laurie Saint-Georges and Félix Asselin of Team Fournier.